up, y'all? Welcome to another week, another episode of The Goalink Show. My name is Ben Harris. I am the founder of Goalink, a goal-setting community providing growth junkies, which is hopefully all of you listening, with weekly challenges to avoid complacency. If you're looking for growth and development on a consistent basis, you are in the right place. These challenges are inspired by brands to bring you new ways to improve yourself. You can kick back and watch me take on these exciting and uncomfortable challenges, or you can join me. I challenge every listener out there to complete these weekly goals. Catch the content on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Golink Group. The Golink Show, this podcast, recounts experiences from the achievers of the world, but not just the success. We delve into the challenges and the struggle that we all face. How do we find the will to push through? What role do motivation, discipline, failure, spirituality, all these different things, what role do they play? Let's talk about the process and not just the result. We discuss this and much more on the show. Thanks for tuning in. This week on the show, we have Corey Kiefer. He's the owner of Core24, a gym in Seneca and Greenville, South Carolina. There are plenty of podcasts out there with him if you want to check out that discuss the gym and the business side of it. But if you know me, if you listen to this podcast on a weekly basis, you know I like to delve deep. You know I love conversation. And so I wanted to discuss him as a person, his ideas, his thoughts, and his beliefs. There's some business stuff in there and some entrepreneurial stuff because I'm all about that too. I like the entire human spectrum, so that's what we get with Corey today. He tells the story of the moment that he knew he should leave working in the bar scene in Charleston, which eventually sparked his self-reflection journey. He saved money, which was a cool little thing that he did of how he saved the money. And then once he saved 10,000 bucks, he booked a one-way ticket to London and he went inward and that began his self-reflection journey. He talks about the importance of being us, being you, being ourselves, and paving our own path. Corey challenges us to be alone, go inward, and why we should move to a city where we don't know anyone. Kind of what I, what I just barely did. And he also talks about the surprises and misconceptions of entrepreneurship. He's a dope dude. He owns a very successful, and it's a new gym. He's an awesome person. Let's get into it. Let's go. Ready to rock and roll? Let's fucking do it. <laughs> I like it. All right, yo. Corey, thanks for being here, dude. Of course, man. Thanks um, for having me. Like, for real, I know you don't have to do this, yeah. so I appreciate that you're doing this a lot, just for some random dude that you met a few months ago coming <laughs> into your gym. Um, and I'll, like, I already gave you an, an intro, like, in the podcast in- introduction. Um, so people are going to know you're a gym owner. Yeah. Core 24, dopest gym in Greenville. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to know more about you. The behind the scenes stuff, behind, right? Well, yeah. yeah, behind the scenes. <laughs> and we'll get a little bit, this is somewhat related to the gym, but I've noticed that every single person that walks in there, whether there's some fit Insta chick with thousands of followers or some just grungy dude, like you treat everyone like genuinely and you like truly engage with them and i can tell you just don't mean it like you're a customer like you truly mean that so where does that come from you know it's it's weird i i never try to judge a book by a cover and and it's easy to say but everyone judges people when they start off and i already Mm -hmm. have like a prejudgment of people but i don't let that like cloud if i'm gonna like talk to them differently or not you know Mm -hmm. i let them you know speak to me and how their you know actions are going to be direct the conversation and where it goes because essentially the way I look at it is you're you're coming to my house you know so mm-hmm. I love when people come to my house every single day and you know I want to be very just open and you know it, I never know who it's going to be it could be you know an oil millionaire it could be you know a bum <laughs> yeah. on the street but like you know everyone has you know a different story and you know it then ser- the serendipity I guess is more of like you know who knows and at the end of the day it's like I would want to be treated a certain way going into a random business Mm. and you know, they're coming in to possibly give me money. Like why the fuck should they give me money? You know, Mm -hmm. that's what's crazy. It's like when you do your own business, you're like, wait, someone's actually paying me money for like something. Like that's (laughs) like a real weird, you know, thing. Like when it's like Mm -hmm. not your friends or family that's coming in, like paying you for something. Mm -hmm. That's when it's like, wow, like I don't know you, but you're like, trusting me with money like you're mm-hmm. my, you're giving me your hard-earned money so it's like anyone that comes to my door is a potential person that's gonna like give me their money i'm like uh-huh. all right well shit like i need to make sure that you know yeah. they feel like i want everyone to feel 
the true version of me and, and the gym. And if they like it, cool. If they don't, cool. But you're going to get like more of a raw version of me. And, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. treat you with respect. I grew up with that. My dad was always, I got my ass beat when I talked back and when I was disrespectful. You know, that was like the two things that like I knew I was going to get. Mad. If I just like disrespected my mom or something, that was just like hardcore. So just like respect everyone, you know, until they disrespect you or, you know, until like that, you know, they prove that they are, you know, not kind of like worthy or whatever you want to say. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was just trying to like be very open and I guess just honest. And yeah. Is that, I assume, is that just like how you are? Like, yeah. has anyone treated you that way? And so you try and emulate that or just naturally, cause you are a gregarious person, like an outgoing person. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, our, my family's really loud. And like, if, yeah. you, if you wanted to like get a, huh. like, during you know like christmas or things if you wanted to get a word in you had to speak up and like Mm. you know you had to be about it it wasn't necessarily gonna you know you can sit in the corner and no one will hear you so (laughs) that was part of it but like my dad's a pilot so i grew up traveling a lot too so we were just going to different cities so we're meeting a lot of people and my dad's kind of cheap so we'd always eat at like restaurant like hole in the wall restaurants so we'd always mm. be like finding like new spots taking the public transportation you know mm. and whether it's his cheap or not it, it like gave me a little bit of culture background so mm-hmm. it was like we were forced to just like meet people and like be open and you know it, it gives you a you know restore in humanity that like people are naturally good there's pieces of shit but like most people <laughs> are good people at the core you know so i always yeah. kind of like look at it like that you know that's cool and then kind of a flip on the other end, because um, I've seen your social media content, and it's funny, like, I've seen this, this Maserati in pictures. I'm like, oh, that's dope. Like, Corey just, he just, I don't, I know what I thought. I didn't think it was yours, though. <laughs> and then you pulled up today, and I heard the engine. I was like, then I looked. I'm like, oh. You know, and I was like, and so obviously you have to be somewhat successful to get that. Does it surprise you how success, like how successful you've been at all? Like, do you ever have to pinch yourself? You you know, I, I try never to get complacent. So I don't Mm -hmm. actually see myself as successful. I was today, I had a dark moment in the gym today. I was working out and uh, I looked at something on an Instagram post and it said like, it was showing the economy in 2030, like what was like the economy going to be like in 2030 for different countries. Um, and like Bangladesh was like, oh, the economy's going to be up in 2030. I was like, oh, damn, 2030, it's like 10 years from now. Fuck, I'm going to be pushing 40 in 10 years. Like, <laughs> I'm not where I need to be right now. Dude, it was like yeah. dark. Like, I just had like a sit down where like, hmm. dude, I am not anywhere fucking close where I need to be. Like, I need to be stepping my game up way more than I am right mm. now. And it was like just like a kind of a self-reflection of, you know, I feel like I am doing good to some people, but then some people I'm just like doing shit. You know, there's some people that are my age that are like, you know, multi, multi millionaires doing way bigger things. And mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck. So, you know, I try not to compare myself to other people that I don't really know, but it keeps me kind of grounded in essence of not just like compare myself to people that are like not successful or, you know, vice versa. So, you know, it's, it's not an event either. So, you know, like, you yeah, know, I'm pushing that like 18 hour days sometimes. Like, you know, I'm, I'm opening the gym tomorrow at five in the morning doing, you know, I'm probably going to be doing like 12, 14 hours. It's just like, it is what it is. So, you know, it, to me, I see the hard work in every day. So it's, it's almost coming slower than I want it to be, you mm. know, and I've learned more patience within it. Cause when I first started, I was like, why isn't this shit happening tomorrow? <laughs> and then I'm like learning, you know, being years in and year and out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is, it's cool to see it stuff. Like I said, stuff kind of come in action, but Mm -hmm. it's also like not where I want it to be yet. And I don't know if it ever will. And I think that's just kind of part of it. The process, you know, it's part of it, you know? So, but like, I don't know. I'm just like, so what are some goals? Like what's, whether it's a financial or just a career success goal, like what's in your head of where you're trying to go? I, my, one of the career goals with the gym is I want it to be a, a recognizable brand throughout the United States and then in multinational. Like I want to like see a spot in London or in Paris. Oh, I want to see a shirt on someone across country that I've never seen before and be wearing mm. my logo. You know, like I want to be that place that like is truly making a difference in the world of, you know, just switching up the whole entire fitness game of how it's kind of just reimagine the whole gym experience. That's, you know, that's one of the goals. And, you know, success wise, I want to be able to, 
travel anywhere in the world and not, there's not like a money figure. It's just, I don't want to have to worry about You want money. freedom. Exactly. And you know, like obviously money has to be to that, yeah. you know, cause, but you know, I want my grandkids to be, you know, set up if they need to be not necessarily like trust funds where they're just going to grow up and they have money, but mm-hmm. like where we have funds that I want to experience everything in life, honestly. Like, yeah. You know. And I've seen good sides of not trust funds, but like you have to do X to get Y. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it's cool. Like you have to say you pay for half of tuition. You have to get X grades and then you get this money. Yeah. What I think like what would be kind of cool is if I, I don't even know if this is something people do or not, but if I'm, you know, setting funds for my kids that like when they turn, you know, 12, they get a thousand dollars to invest in something, but they have to Mm -hmm. invest it, you know, like, it has to go towards like them starting their own business, them investing it in the stock, them investing it into something to kind of like get in that mindset of like, okay, like mm-hmm. you can't just buy something, but if you're going to buy it, what is the investment going to be in it? And yep. kind of get that more in their mindset. And then like when they turn like 14, something else, maybe like 16, and then like, you know, can build that up so that they're building their own wealth with maybe wealth that's given to them. But it's like hard working, you know, not just like, oh, you turn 25, here's, you know, a million dollars. It's like, okay, yeah. I built my way up to a million, but... I don't even need your funds, dad, because I made my own with this and that's just going to help me hedge some more or something, you know? Have you, um, were you raised that way? Like, did your parents ever sit you down and say, Hey Corey, this is what you do with money? Not necessarily, but my mom is very entrepreneurial. So she set me up with like a gas card when I was super young. She set me with a belt card and to shop with herself that's cool you know or to me buy jeans and pay it off you know to build credit at a young age so she like taught me that that's smart she she was very smart with that because i had no idea and a lot of parents <laughs> don't and then nope. you know so i was able to get like different loans credit cards and stuff at a younger age because i was able or because i had credit built up from like my mom and stuff mm-hmm. so they did help me with that not necessarily investment but they helped me my mom like started a bunch of businesses like youth centers my mom's been very like community activist and she's very um just like does it you know she she, she doesn't talk about it she does it you know that's dope. Um, so that's like my dad's a pilot so he's very like structured at this has to be that my mom's like opposite she's like all right like fuck it, we're doing it, you know? So, um, so it's a little bit of both, but yeah, I grew up uh, to a, a small essence of that, but I mean, we, we, I didn't grow up wealthy. You know, we, uh-huh. I had hand-me-downs from hand-me-downs from hand-me-downs growing up, you know, that's part of it. But, you know, I was taught the value of a dollar, you know, growing mm-hmm. up, you know, my dad, like I said, he was, he was cheap, but it, th- there was meaning behind, you know, him not being just frugal all the time. So yeah. there was, you know, underlying lessons, I think in that rather than just like, here's money, you know, that's cool. I want to ask, cause you were talking about your mom. Mm-hmm. What's, and at this event at the GVL hustle event, you spoke at this networking event in Greenville. Um, I like your mom was there and I can tell you have like a good connection with her. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, just like, what's one moment, like, I've never like asked somebody about their mom, at least recently, yeah. <laughs> but like, what, like, why, like, why do you love her? Like, why does she stand out in your mind? You know, her heart. Yeah. yeah no, soul? It's, it's funny. Cause you know, mother's day was, you know, this past Sunday. Yeah. So my mom's always been the, just the non judgmental, like I get it. I can relate to you. She, she's like one person that like gets me to the core. My dad, we pissed off at things at first and then like, you know, mm-hmm. more of the structure and I have a really great relationship with both my family. We were actually talking about this at dinner. Uh, we were talking mm. about like daddy issues or mommy issues. I was like, I don't have parent issues at all. Like I really don't like, like I'm just been blessed with that. I cannot thank them enough. They've been amazing parents. That's cool. Um, yeah. But my mom, she just like, she's just always been like the rock there. Like, you know, she, when she hits the fan, like she just like knows the answer. Like when I'd spill milk, she figured out when I would like <laughs> mess up my handwriting name, she'd figure out how to like to make it look like my hand, like it was just every little thing. Like if I messed it up, she knew how to like mm-hmm. make it work or to be creative enough to make something out of it. So I think that was, you know, just that connection and just her just like understanding. We weren't like best friends, you know, like my parents were never my friends, mm-hmm. but they would like, you know, they would, they were understanding. And what was cool was that both of them just like taught me like, it wasn't weird if I wanted to do something like, yeah, like be you. Like if it was That's doing cool. art or whatever sports, it was just like, 
you know, I had, I had, I looked like a hippie at one point. I had long hair. Like I, mm-hmm. I skateboarded anything with wheels I was on mm-hmm. any sports, but like, it wasn't like, why are you doing that? You know, it was, it was, there was never like, like if I had a different fashion sense, she was like, don't do that. It was just like, okay, like if it's not crazy expensive, like let's do it. You know? So that, I think that was like super cool. And just like letting my creativity of me be me and not like saying you have to look a certain way or you have to dress a certain way or you have to talk a certain way, you know? That's cool. Dude. Do you so, want kids? Yes. Um, why well, I, 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 of course I want to, I don't know when, yeah. um, and I'm the last kefer, So like, I need to have a boy to, to like, keep it going. <laughs> like I, I gotta have Lots a guy. Of pressure, coming, dude. I know. Lots but of pressure on the swimmers. Dude. My mom <laughs> wants kids so bad. My sister's married. So I'm like, look, talk to my sister. She's been married for over five years, six years, maybe. Um, is it, is it only you two or how many yeah, siblings do you yeah, have? It's just me and my okay, sister. Cool. Um, but yeah, she wants but the last so kefer in out of everyone, it's like me. your dad's siblings. Yep just me dang dude you gotta yeah, i'm literally the last <laughs> because my sister's now a white that's her um husband's last name so mm-hmm. you know that's gonna be the whites from there on and i'm the last kefir so you know not only do i have to have kids i need to have a boy <laughs> <laughs> so uh, cross and everyone's like dude you're getting cursed with like six girls and i'm like oh great so <laughs> yes i do i just i've told my mom you know because she she's a pressure but she's always like my mom is a saint she wants to take care of kids. She wants to, you know, spoil them. Like, mm-hmm. but I want, I need to be ready, you know, and I need to, I need to be selfish now to experience life so that yep. when I have a kid, I can experience a different part of life and I don't resent them in a weird way. I feel you do. So it's like, I'm not at that point yet. And I know that I recognize it. So like if I had a kid now, I'd be the best father I could be. And I think I'd be great, but I wouldn't be the greatest father that I know I, I have potential to be, you know, if that makes That's sense. Dope. And my dad had a, he was, 21 when he had me and my sister like super young like yeah. i give mad props to it and that's awesome but like you know i i'm in a different area and mindset and i you know like i said it, if it happens it's accidentally and i'm you know gonna man up and uh, i'll take responsibility and take the best i you know you'll grow up like no one is, is ready i guess per se mm-hmm. to be a father but like you know i just deep down i know like i'm not meant for it yet yeah so you know just recognizing that how much do you trust those feelings that you just mentioned? Like that, you know, you're not ready for it. Like, do you be, like, what do you believe in spiritually or like, like, let's go there. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, to answer the first one, I, I trust that a lot. Like I'm pretty self-aware or I, I'm, you're definitely self-aware. Yeah. I'm learning more about myself every day, but like, I'm not afraid to look in inside myself and know what's right for me and not. And, you know, it, so I trust myself right now. It's not, um, you know, that could change next year. And that kind of goes with the cars. Like I want to enjoy cool cars while mm-hmm. I, I can and don't have a family that comes first and be like, oh, it doesn't make sense to get a Lamborghini that only has two <laughs> seats and I have a fucking kid, you know, like maybe I'll have enough money where yeah. I don't, I can have 20 cars. But right now, you know, uh-huh. that people ask that and I'm like, look, I enjoy like fast things. And like mm-hmm. at this point in my life, I can afford it and I can like, do it without a family it could change next year i could maybe not have any money i could have a family like you know so it's like at this point in life it makes sense so let's do it and let's like seize the opportunity instead of looking back when i'm 80 i'm like damn if i would just got those exotic cars when i was younger wouldn't that have been so cool you know like so you know i don't want to you know i don't do it to front but i just do Mm -hmm. it because i'm like okay like I, this is this is me right now. And this is what I want to do. So I know I kind of went down a side angle. No, with that. that's good, dude. But let's um, keep going. Yeah, but um, I grew up a Lutheran, so I am um, Christian. Grew up like very, I guess, traditional uh, Lutheran. It's it was, uh, uh, I guess, traditional is the best word. You know, it was. It's not like a new age church. Like there's not a huge band. It was like choir. Like yeah. you dress up super nice to go to church and everything. Like you know, it wasn't wearing, like wearing shorts and a t-shirt. You like didn't do that. And I was confirmed. <laughs> um, and yeah. I was. And it wasn't like a, I never questioned, I questioned some, and my parents were very open about me, like talking, my dad grew up at Jehovah's Witness, okay. so like hardcore one side, yeah. my mom, she grew up as like a Baptist, she was in Alabama, so I think it was Baptist or something, you know, a little more like Southern, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, my dad wasn't big into Jehovah's Witness, um, so he, you know, they ended up being Lutheran, and um, it was just, you know, something I never questioned, really, I questioned like some things, but it was just like, you go to church, you believe in God, that's just what you do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess getting older and learning more about myself or just like, I question everything in life. So I, I question parts of religion. I question, you know, what is true or what makes sense. Cause you know, the Bible is pretty, 
um, I guess, different interpreted. You know, it's like, you know, because yeah. most people read the King James Version, which was wrote for King James. So, like, before that, it could have been completely different. There's some Dead Sea Scrolls that we don't even know what those mean. Or, you know, there's a lot of things that who knows what the true Bible had in it that is lost and now it's, you know, you know, into this. And it's crazy that, you know, Baptists can think one thing versus Catholics and stuff. And it's pretty much all from the same book. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, you can't drink on Sunday, but you can, and this is not right. You're going to hell for this. And I'm like, it's all from the same thing. And and what always, and I talked to my mom, this is one thing I did question when I grew up. I was like, Mm -hmm. mom, what if someone is born in India and they grew up, you know, Hindu mm-hmm. or whatever, and they had no idea what Christianity was. They have never been exposed to it ever, and they were a good person. Yeah, and they were just an amazing person. They helped the community. They did everything. They believed in Hindu, and they believed, you know, that religion. And then they died. Where do they go? Do they go to hell since they don't? They're not Christian. And you know, that was something that would always stump my mom a little bit, and she <laughs> would she wouldn't know which way to go because you know it's like they're a good person, but they're just in a different part of the world where they get brought up completely. If you're very sheltered and you aren't able to really think for yourself, you know, and that's just what you get brought up, but you're a a really super, you know, true human. But, you know, so that's, that's where it still kind of like, Hmm. it's weird to think about that. And it's weird to think about, you know, religious has been around for, you know, ages forever, man. You know, so it's like, in in some senses, like, is everyone wrong about it? Like, mm. is, is humanity wrong about it? Or is, you know, the millions and billions and trillions of people, there has to be something right about it because it's been around for so long. I don't know. It's like, it's a weird thing to think about. And it, you know. It is. One thing that I've heard someone say about it is, you know, and there's definitely religious people listening to this, but, you know, we're all keeping an open mind, like, like I don't believe in religion, but if someone does believe in religion, that's dope. Yeah, you know, like yeah. whatever you believe in, like I respect, like for real. Yeah. Like I truly mean that. Yeah. Let's just like, you don't have to believe what I believe to love me. Yeah. And I don't have to believe what you believe to yeah. love you. And I think that's in America, at least it's you, if you believe something different, whether it's political, religious mm-hmm. or whatever, it makes you like bad. Or if you're like, it's, it's mm-hmm. weird. It's, it's, society is almost not allowing people to have different opinions and it's okay mm-hmm. to have different opinions. Like that's what like it's supposed to be. Yeah. That's what's like, everyone doesn't supposed to be, you know, singular thinking no. like it, it's part of being brought up differently. That's how you have very intelligent conversations is like, Oh, I disagree with you. I'm not going to get mad and bash you and learn something new. Exactly. I'm not going to be like, Oh, fuck you. You're, you know, you're a creep or whatever. Cause you believe something <laughs> different and like, you yeah. know, protest outside your work. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, I respect you. Like, let's talk about it. You let's know, let's, listen. yeah, let's see why you have a different perspective and it, it could, you know, enlighten me on something new. You know, I'm not saying I would change my perspective and I don't think necessarily you should either, but we can have a, you know, open this conversation about it. And that's like what part of makes America melting pot and supposed to be different is having different views, having yep. different cultures. And, you know, it's weird. It's like, it's, if you believe in one way, you have to like, push it on everyone else or like you can't be hanging out with someone. I don't know. It's yeah. weird. And I, I don't believe that mentality is mm-hmm. like what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like if you get to know someone and listen and understand their perspective, dude, even someone like I'm going extremely like radical, but like Donald Trump, like I'm sure if I sat down with him, I'm not sure if he'd be like honest, you know? Yeah. But like if you or anyone like that, like who were to sit down has like extreme views. Like if I listen to the perspective and like they poured out their soul, like, and we're vulnerable, I'm sure I would have empathy for that person. Yeah. And like, understand it. Yeah. Um, and like back to, to this quote, it was about religion. It was every religion thinks other religions are all crazy except theirs. Yeah. No, it, and it's true. And it, and what I was talking uh, to this girl at the gym the other day about it, and there's so many wars and so much death has been shed over religion, which is so crazy to think about, you know, like something that's supposed to be so spiritual and like right that so many people have died from and, you know, radical Islams or radical Christians or whatever, like have mm-hmm. like, you know, killed other people just because, you know, you're a certain way. And I mean, I guess even in 
you know, the Bible that, you know, Jesus was put to death because he was a certain way. And, you know, and throughout like the Bible, they, it talks about that, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know, it's kind of crazy to think about. I've never thought about that, actually. Yeah. That's weird. Maybe I have, but it finally just clicked that Jesus died because he was crazy, basically. Like, people yeah. didn't believe him, like, you know? Yeah. And now Christians are, you know, this is a generalization, but like persecuting or judging yeah. other religions for being crazy. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It is, you know? And growing up, too, like, I always thought it was weird that the most Christian people I knew were the biggest judgers. Like they, they would judge me for acting a certain way or if I drank or I went out, they would judge me more than anyone. And I always was like, shouldn't you be the one that's like the least judging person and the most (laughs) open and like the most understanding whether you're doing it or not. That's like part of being a Christian is that you like accept everyone for who they Mm -hmm. are. But it always seemed, you know, the opposite. I mean, I grew up a lot around like Southern Baptists. So they're, you know, kind of you know one side of it but yeah, that, was, that was always kind of was weird i was like you, you should be the last person that's judging me the most you know mm-hmm. um but yeah you did you definitely don't fit in a box which is really cool yeah um and you're definitely more introspect introspective than i would have guessed do you just like sit there and think do you have meditation time do you journal or you just think and like so I've done a lot of all those actually. Um, mm-hmm. In college, I didn't really do too much of that stuff. It was more partying. Uh, <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, it's a lot more partying <laughs> yeah. down in Charleston. Uh, I lived with roommates. I lived in the mm-hmm. fraternity house, so there wasn't that much me time. And just you know. just so everyone knows, College of Charleston, it's how many girls to guys? When I was there, it was like eight or nine to one girl to guy ratio that's insane yeah, there was yeah. no football team so that, there was like that's all we need to say yeah. <laughs> and it was on the beach it was super party like yeah. you know i loved my time there mm-hmm. you know i don't know as much education but i learned other mm-hmm. things but you know I, I was like i'll never be able to live by myself i always like said that to my roommates huh. i was like there was no way i'll ever like live by myself until like i'm married i always thought i was gonna have roommates and stuff because i always liked the company i always liked you know what was going on what was that and i still know people that still have roommates and they're older than me um and some of it is because they're afraid to be by themselves. They're afraid to have that like, like self-reflection time. Because if you always have like, if you're always busy, you don't have time for yourself. And I think yes, that even happens dude. with parents, where they're, they're they have kids at a young age, so they're always busy throughout their life, and they never know who they are until they're seven years old or something, and then they figure out who they are. And it's almost like in the latter part of the years where they can't do too much about it. So, you know, when I graduate I, I traveled Europe from my by myself for a while mm-hmm. um, which was very I learned a lot about myself because I traveled completely by myself um, and then I started living by myself mm-hmm. and I've lived by myself ever since then so so how many years has that been probably like six seven damn I'm getting old fuck you know, like <laughs> you're not years, dude yeah. trust yeah. me we're <laughs> like, young dude yeah like six or seven we're gonna years live now. till we're over 100 like yeah we got this <laughs> like we should still have urgency but at the same time yeah like enjoy it. So yeah, like six or seven years. Uh And like within that time, I, you know, I started like playing music, but then I would just like not have music in my house and I would be okay with like, Mm. with my thoughts and just sitting on the couch thinking about decisions I've made, what's right, what was wrong. Um, I even thought about trying to get like a, a float tank in my house at one point. I, oh, really? That's I listened sick. to like Joe Rogan's podcast. I was like, damn, yeah. I want to see if I can get a float tank to like, you know, just know my mind more. I wanted to uh. know who I was. And so it was the first time in my life where I didn't have like family around. I didn't have friends around. Yeah. I moved to Greenville. I didn't know that many people when I moved here. So, um, it was, you know, a time for me to like figure myself out a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think that helped. So I, you know, when I was traveling to Europe, I did a journal for a little bit. I don't necessarily keep a daily journal, but I, I love writing. Like, I'm not good at writing. I love just the physical act. like And the art. Yeah. So if I'm doing notes or if I'm, like, putting ideas out, I write it. It's good and bad because sometimes, dude, I have so much fucking paper. I need to, like, have it organized. <laughs> like, like it just, yeah. it's, it's all over the place. So uh-huh. um, I like that better than typing. I'm just I'm, – yeah, I like technology, but – like getting my ideas out and stuff. I'm just the pen and paper just feels so much better. So I do that. Um, and I don't necessarily, if I say like I meditate like actively every morning, mm-hmm. but I'll take parts of my day and I will like meditate. Like even today it was like micro meditation. If you like were like, I don't even know if that's an, a real thing or not, yeah, but like it is. maybe it is. But I, today, like on 
the bench, like when I read that thing about 30, you know, 2030 and I had uh-huh. that, it was like a weird, like, like close my eyes and, you know, maybe it was like a couple minutes, but it was just kind of like, you know, so on the bench, you were working out. In it was like gym. in between my sets. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You just close your eyes. And yeah. that's the cool thing, dude. I love that because we think, nope, you got to sit down with some like candles and some music and yeah. just do some ohms. Yeah. No, dude. Like that's a really cool example that you can be in between sets and just breathe for two minutes. Yeah. Or a mantra or just be quiet or whatever that like I had somebody tell me like, I can't get rid of my thoughts. It's like, it's okay if you think. Yeah, yeah. Just whatever meditation is to you, just sit there and breathe and let the thoughts come, go, or do whatever they're going to do. Yeah. And I, you know, I I feel like I should meditate more. Um, I don't know why I haven't, honestly, recently. Uh, Because I I was into it for a while, and then life happens. But, I mean, that's obviously no excuse to, like, not take five minutes of my morning and do it myself, you know. Um, So did you first find it when you took the six months in Europe? Is that when you first, like, went... Not like inward when I started meditating really like or, just when you really like went inward and you like started to think about yourself and the world more. Yeah. So it was like I graduated and then I spent the summer in Charleston. I was working at a bar uh, and a gym and stuff and I was, you know, saving up money. I wasn't like going out that much and I just like, there was something inside me that was like, you gotta get the fuck out of here. Like, I didn't want to get caught in that. The, there's the Charleston bubble. It's like fairy tale land. And I know people that you know are still close homies that work at the bar or whatever. They're mm-hmm. making you know six figures doing that, and they only work three or four days a week. But like, that's crazy. It is. It's, the food and bev industry is ridiculous down there. But at the same time, it's like I felt like there was more to my life. Like you than, gotta do more than just a bar. I, I started like reading like books. I was, I, love I, was, it, like, I was like started reading books, and I was like, there's like something that's inside me, and I was like, and I knew the situation I was in, I couldn't do it in Charleston with my friends and everything, you know, like mm. I was already setting that routine where like, you know, I was going out or just whatever. It's like, I was like, I knew I was like, okay, I just need to get out. And so the, mm. the thing I was like, all right, when I save up 10 grand, that was my goal. Oh, that's I, dope. I, I'm booking a trip to London and figuring it out. So I told my mom, Dude, I was like, sick. and when I, you know, I was, when I was working at the bar and everything, I took all my 20 dollars and above bills and i just put them in like a shoebox and anything tens and fives and ones that was like my money i would live off of oh that's clever and so i was just like okay this is going to be like i got to figure out how to live off any tens or fives so it was like it was like whatever i just got in so whatever it would be it would just be like i would figure out how to live off that money and you know whatever the other money i would just put away and i saved up 10 grand like pretty quick man and it made me like be like crafty with like my yeah. money because you know like shit now I, I made i was like i'm not going in my box to get break a 20 you know i'm not doing that like so you know when i saved up that i told my roommates i was like you know my lease is on i'm not renewing like you're all my homies but i gotta do this and booked a trip to london and just didn't have a flight back and almost got caught up at heathrow they weren't gonna let me through because they were like you don't have a trip back like oh, how do really? we know you're not gonna illegally work over here so I had to kind of like talk my way out of it at like oh, customs. Yeah. So um, they were <laughs> they're about to like make me buy a trip back to show that I was leaving, uh, but I didn't have to. Um, yeah. And so I that, that was like the start of it because I, you know, I partied of course, but it was like it was just me. Like you know, I had a phone. Actually, my iPhone fucked up at the time, so I had a burner phone. It was like a European uh-huh. burner phone, like T9, old <laughs> school sick, Nokia. Yeah. So yeah. Like I could call my mom pretty much. That uh-huh. was it. And I would talk to her, you know, like once a week or, or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it was just like I got there. I was like, I got to figure this out. It's me. And if I wanted to stay a place, I did it. If I wanted to leave, I would leave. I didn't have mm. to listen to someone else, like my friends, to be like, oh, like let's stay here another night. Or I'm not feeling it. Let's go out or whatever. And that was like one thing I wanted to do is like it's going to have to make me – be open and meet other people. Cause if I was with like friends, I would kind of be within my group, you know? Yeah. And two is like, I don't have to feel like I'm like appealing to anyone else's like needs at this point. It's like me. If I mm. like want to go, I'll go. If I don't want to go, I'll, I'll stay and didn't have a plan at all and just jump from country to country until I kind of ran out of money and then had enough money to fly back. And you know, it was, Dude, that's, that's like, what started, I guess the self-reflection or to, uh, I guess, to, to learn a little bit more about myself and what I was capable of and what I could, you know, learn, you know, on my feet and just kind of like from there. So that's um, cool. Do you, me- so do you remember a moment that you thought, man, I need to do more or is it just kind of a general feeling like day to day, like when you were in the bar scene? So there was a, well, there was a couple points. One of them, there was, I was talking to an older guy. He was like, 
he liked me. Uh, we became kind of buddies. He was probably 40 something. He was working at the bar. Like I said, he was probably pulling in a hundred K a year. Uh, he had a kid and I could tell he wasn't happy and he tried to rationalize working at a bar. He'd be like, well, you know, I get, you know, I get three days to do whatever. I'm only working at night. So, you know, I get to spend time with my family and everything, which all was reasonable, but I could like look through what he was saying and I could tell that he's not happy with his life or how it turned out. Like he wasn't proud to tell his son that he was a bar, like a career bartender. And some people that's, that's what they're meant to be. And there's some career bartenders that are amazing that make millions of years. That's awesome. I'm not saying that's like yeah. not a, a, a but it reasonable or an honorable career, but I could tell that was, and I was like, it's not for me. You know, I'm just doing it to make cash. And it's, I could see that he got caught up in it and he got caught up in like, Oh, I'm making $500 a night in cash, 600, you know, whatever. And I'm, I get to see my friends cause they come see me at the bar and I'm only, mm-hmm. you know, I, cause I was working out every day, going to the beach, you know, fight. Like I was doing a lot of boxing at the time and mm-hmm. it was, it was, my dad was like, dude, you live in the dream. And it was <laughs> in a, in a small, uh-huh. you know, essence of it. But then I was like, I could easily see myself being 30 and still doing this. And then I would not be happy at all. Uh-huh. Fuck no. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So that was a moment. And then there was another moment when I was with people, I guess moments. And I was with people that I was more or less like riding their coattails. Like Mm. I was in these exclusive places on these yachts or whatever, because I was with people, but I wasn't the man. It was, if that, if I took the person out I was with, I wouldn't be in that situation. And I was like, damn, I don't want to be relying on another guy or girl to be able to like get me in places and stuff. Like I want to be the fucking man, you know? Mm. And it was kind of like one of those. And I remember this girl who I'm still actually friends with. I'm not going to call her out, but we <laughs> were like at the bar or something. And we, I talk shit to people just like all the time. Like that's just like part of my personality. Uh-huh. Talk shit to girls or whatever. And I was talking shit to this girl <laughs> and she like looked at me and she's like, well, what the fuck have you done with your life or something uh-huh. like that? Like, and it wasn't like she was even, she was kind of joking, but it hit me hard. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't have a response. I, How dude, old I had, were you? I had probably 21 or Which, 22, 22-ish. But uh, what, is, what are you going to do with your life? Yeah. 21. I think I was like talking shit about her brother or something. I was, <laughs> I was, I was talking shit about something yeah, about yeah. it and, you know, making fun of whatever they did. But uh-huh. then she like looked at me and she's like, what the fuck have you done with your life? And I was like, damn. Like, and it, it hit me like, I like, I, I said something sarcastic back, I'm sure. But like, I just yeah. remember that moment. I was like, damn, like, I don't want anyone to ever be able to say that to me. I don't want that feeling of like, so like looking back and like being like, have I done anything with my life? Like, have I fulfilled what? I've meant to do, you know? And, um, like I said, there was just something inside me where I knew like deep down I mm. have it. And like, that was a point that was one of the points where I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. And like, if it is a bartender, when I know that, then I know that, but mm-hmm. like, I'm not experienced enough in life to know that like, that's what's meant to be or not, you know? That's cool. Thanks for sharing that dude. What, if that girl came back today and asked you that question, what would you say? If she asked me like, uh-huh. what the fuck you like right now, if she was on the mic, what would, what would you say to her? Yo, shout out to, <laughs> you know, I would say that, you know, I'm working my ass off to change the world. Um, and mm. I, and I truly can say that I am doing something to a small extent of that. Like I truly want to like change people's mindset about fitness in the gym. I want to create experiences in people's life. And I think that I'm doing that. Or I'm on a path to do that. So, um, it's funny, like I still talk to her and she like, she says, I'm it, like she, I don't even think she remembers the conversation at all, mm. but she'll talk about like that. I'm successful now. And I, I was just kind of like smirk, but I, I never cool. bring it up to her. That probably um, makes you feel good though, man. In a weird way. Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I don't, don't want to get complacent mm-hmm. and cause that's the enemy to success. You know, when yep. you're like, Oh, like I made it, I made it. Like you're, that's like when you stop making it, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, I know I'm not where I want to be, but I'm definitely on way better of a path than I was at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still figuring out, you know, I'm still figuring out what, you know, my true, true, true meaning in life might be something that, you know, piggybacks off what I'm doing right now. You know, yeah. like, you know, I feel like I'm on the right path, but it could be, it's, I think it's still like evolving. Yeah. And that's the cool thing. It can change. And even back to what you said about like being a bartender or working in the food and beverage industry, it wasn't for you. It doesn't mean it's not for other people. Yeah. Like I was listening to the hustle God himself, Gary V, but he was talking about hustle Yeah. and he was like clarifying his context. He's like, this is what works for me. Yeah. Like just because I'm saying what I like and what works for me doesn't mean that you have to do it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. make 50 K a year yeah. 
and work only eight hours and then see your family the rest of the time. Yeah. Like what makes you happy? You do that. Yeah. And the way I look at it, if you're in the top five, three percent of whatever you do, you're going to be making good money. Like mm-hmm. if you are the top three percent bartenders in the world, you're getting flown around to these very exclusive events and you're yeah. making your own specialty cocktails and these, you know, diamond restaurants or whatever you're making a killing like you're you're probably making a million dollars a year i mean there's chefs that have their own tv shows and they're world famous because you're a chef i mean there's to the basic level there's criminals that are chefs you know a lot of restaurants the people in 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 the kitchen you know so it's like you have that level or it's like if you're the fucking man at it then you can be making a lot of money so it's like you know whether you're a horseback rider or whatever if you are fucking balling at whatever it is you're making a killer like you can be a Mm -hmm. broke-ass painter or you can be you know someone who's selling your pieces for you know eight hundred thousand dollars uh a canvas you know Mm -hmm. it it all is relative of like Mm -hmm. if you are the best or if you are the top five percent you're making good money you know but it's all depending on if you want to be the top five percent or if you just want to just kind of go by that's a good point so that's the way i look at it is like you know whatever you're doing, you can make like money's out there. You can, yeah. you can make good money doing whatever it is. What are your thoughts on, cause you've talked about like partying a lot, but mm-hmm. then also being like self-reflective. And I think sometimes we get caught in like, you have to be all or nothing. Like for me, like I was just telling you earlier, like, like I don't drink I, like coffee or alcohol. Yeah. And like for me, what makes me happy, honestly, dude, like the other weekend I went to your gym yeah. on Friday night and then I went to bed. That <laughs> makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. Like truly dude. that, that makes me happy. Yeah. And, but if someone is at a bar like that, I walk by, if they're happy, truly, you know, I don't know them. I hope they are. Yeah. If that brings them joy, hell yeah. Like do it. Yeah, so yeah. what are your thoughts on, not being all in or maybe being all in or just balance in general and like doing multiple things. I'm all in, in life. I feel like just with life, like, like yeah, I just want to experience life and you know, that's relative to each person, but like, Mm -hmm. I want to look back and not be like, what if I would have liked that? Or I wonder how it is to party on a yacht or I wonder how it is to, you know, be able to, to meditate for 13 hours straight or something like that. Yeah. It's like, whatever it is, I wouldn't be experienced all that. And there'd be like no rock left unturned of like what that is with life. And you know, I, I don't go out because it's the cool thing to do. I don't just go out on Fridays because that's what everyone's doing. There's a lot of Fridays I don't go out and there might be a Wednesday that I'm going out to whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's all like, I don't live for the weekends per se. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's a bad ratio of five to two, you know, ratio. I don't it like is. that. You know, I, I don't want to live that way as a lot of people do. Um, but I don't like when I'm partying or when I'm going out, I'm enjoying the experiences I'm having with people, you know, mm. like I'm not, I, I'm good and bad about technology. I'm like good. Cause I, I, I know technology is here and I, I love it, but I'm also bad. Cause like sometimes I'll be out and my phone will be in my pocket and it's my girlfriend calling or something. And I won't look at it for like an hour. Like literally like I like being face to face. She called face. during this interview. I'm sure she has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, yeah. like some, like when I'm out, like I like uh-huh. being out. Like I don't like looking at my phone when I'm out. Like I like, that's why I'm out is to have that experience with people. I like bonding over like when we're tipsy talking about ridiculous stuff mm-hmm. or, you know, like some of the, I think most interesting conversations I've had have been two and three, four five in the morning, you know, or just like have what I love, like getting into mischief and like love being a little mm-hmm. rebel. So it's usually that's what happens. Like when you're drinking a little bit, you'll like, like, I just like, like, I don't know, just like bending the rules a little bit and stuff. So, yeah. but I do it because that's like part of me. I don't do it to try to look cool in front of other people, you know, but you know, I think that's one of the reasons I like going out is to have that experience mm. of other people to have a different experience and not just to be, you know, out because that's what you're supposed to do on a Friday night. You know, like I think that's kind of bullshit. That's cool. Did you're definitely all in on life. I love that. And then you're big on just what I've heard you talk about before is you're big on just you kind of just what we just mentioned of just it doesn't necessarily have to be rebellious, yeah. but it's just being you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people are afraid to be selfish because selfish gets a bad word and it's bad to be selfish. It'd be bad for me to be selfish if I had a family and a, 
you know, wife and kids. Mm -hmm. And I was being selfish and doing my own thing when not taking care of my family. That's a bad time to be selfish. Mm -hmm. But when I'm 20 something, you know, and don't have a wife or kids, that is a good time to be selfish. So I can mm -hmm. kind of be self-aware so that I don't have to be. And that, that's what I'm trying to be selfish in a good way right now, as much as possible so that, you know, I can give to my family and other people more when I know myself. So yeah. that's kind of the, the mentality I go or the way I look at it a little bit more. Dude, you should talk about this more with your, this is just my opinion, but like you should intertwine this somehow with your gym. Yeah. Like these dudes, you have like really good insight that <laughs> you. you should like intertwine that somehow. Like <laughs> maybe you should take like my post-its. So Let's put them all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so Corey walked in and I sh said like, dude, you got to check out my post-its, dude. My, my affirmations on my fridge and microwave. That's what you should put in your gym. So for people who've never been to core 24, like across the nation, it's tons of artwork. It's really, really cool. Really artistic but you should just forget everything else and put post-its in there. Just put posts on everything, <laughs> just randomly shit, just post-its all over. Um, like, I've mind-mapped some of my thoughts, and it is all over the place. I'll have to show you a picture <laughs> when we're done with this. When yeah. I was building the gym, I had a, like a, it was a, like a 14-foot uh, piece of paper by like, like four feet, and Whoa. I just mind-mapped. Like it, it was a random piece of paper that we had, like a poster or something, and I just started writing like everything that was going on with the gym, and I needed to get it out, and I filled it all up. And, it, and my girlfriend at the time, she was like, that is what anxiety looks like. And I was like, no, I was like, that's just what's in my head. Yeah. I just needed to get it like on paper. Uh -huh. And it was just, it was just like writing, I was circling and all that kind of stuff over. But yeah, I told you just like writing like pen and paper yeah. or whatever. But truly like, like really, man, like you have something to say. And I think going back to what you said about something more in you, I can feel that just yeah. to acknowledge you like true. I truly feel it and see it. And you're more than just some, good looking gym, young Maser Maserati owner, <laughs> you know, I hope so. <laughs> like truly, man, like you have something to say and to do. So I'm stoked to watch it. Um, and then back to bad gym ideas, like the post-its. I want to tell, a, <laughs> I want to tell a quick story of soon after I met you, like a month or so, um, you know, you're being very, um, cordial as you are to everybody. Like I mentioned earlier, and I forgot how we got in this conversation, but I messaged you some ideas on Instagram. And then a couple of days later, I saw you speak at this event. And then you mentioned this thing that you don't want to be like everyone else. And then you don't want to stand out or you do want to stand out. You don't want to be like everyone else. Um, and you said mindset marketing. I've never heard that before. I love that. Yeah. Um, but then I realized like, damn, I just, I was like embarrassed, but it was like such a cool learning moment that I was like, I sent him such dumb ideas that he doesn't want to hear. Like he doesn't want to be like everyone else, but it was really cool. It was like a really cool moment for me to like learn more about you and even just like it leveled me up. And so can you talk about business wise or personally, why is it so good to not be like everyone else? You know, going back is like it's that singularity mindset the the group think that like it's easy to fall into it's like okay let me just look at what everyone else is doing and i can fit in and that was growing up is i was kind of taught that it's okay to not fit in you know mm -hmm. i i moved schools when i moved schools i looked super young and i had braces and i was like i don't fit in mm -hmm. so let me almost go to the extreme of like being completely opposite with not fitting in mm -hmm. and like just showing my personality through that. And, you know, at the end of the day is I'm not going to be better at being planet fitness or at being someone else's personality as they are, you know? So mm -hmm. I, and it's not only like not being like someone else, it's just like being the best version of me. And when you see that it's going to attract the right people and it's going to attract the right customers and attract the right friends that are, with me for me and not with like me because I'm trying to be like someone else or the gym's trying to be something it's not. And then when you truly see the true version of me, like what the fuck, you know? So mm. I think that's where it's, you know, it's a little more scary because there's not always like foundation or a roadmap of being who you are because you're always going to be a little bit different. Ooh, I like that dude. There's yeah. no, and that's why it's, yeah, dude, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> it's clicking on my head right now. But like, kind of like all those things about like paving your own path. Yeah. 
that's also another reason why it can be like difficult and more strenuous than paved paths that have yeah. been walked before. You know, and, and it's been talked about, take the, you know, the path yeah. less traveled. Yeah. And all, I mean, there's so many like cliche things, but mm-hmm. at, at the core of it, that's really like what it's about yeah. is your path is going to be untraveled because it's yours. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's your unique one. And that's kind of what excites me is that I don't know exactly where it's going to go, but I know that I'm not following other people I might be taking like nuggets of information and be like, oh, that could work for me. Or I like that idea that piggybacks on something I was thinking or, you know, whatever, whatever. But I'm not being like, I'm going to follow this guy. Like, I'm not going to follow Gary Vee and do exactly what he's mm-hmm. doing for his life, you know. Uh, or, you know, I'm not going to follow Gold's Gym and do exactly what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, because they've already done it. They've done their things. You know, like I'll take some pieces that worked well, but then I'll like experiment to see what's me and what, you know makes me unique because no one's going to be me or no one's going to be a better version of me than I'm going to be. I love that dude. Do you get scared? Like, yes, you get scared. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's, let's quickly, well, you don't have quickly or slowly, whichever you prefer. Like when is the last time you get scared? Like, what do you get nervous or fearful about today? I got scared that I'm not going to live up to what I should be, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm going to like fall, not comfortable, but I'm going to look back and be like, damn, almost like regret mm-hmm. I'm, I'm scared to not have reg- or I guess I'm scared of the things that I should be doing or like I'm capable of doing I guess to say mm-hmm. like to my full potential you know that's what I guess I'm scared about is is not living up to it you know of like what mm-hmm. I like, like like when I'm pushing 80 or 100 or you know 150 whatever the age Damn is we straight, can be, brother. you know like you know 200 <laughs> years old whatever it is whenever yeah. my last like uh-huh. You know, five, ten years of my life where uh-huh. I'm just like, why did I not do what I should have? Like, I don't want that empty feeling of like, damn, I wish I would have done more. That That's what I'm truly scared of, you know. Of that, like, that, so I have a similar feeling, but that also motivates me. Does it motivate you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not paralyzing. It's not like mm-hmm. scared of that. I'm not going to do anything. It's scared to motivate me, you know. And I think it's, you know it's a good thing. And in, in that sense, it keeps me like on top of it and, and grounded and just like moving, moving forward. And like when mm. I'm not always energized to do what I want to do, it kind of like pushes me a little bit further, you know? Yeah. That's cool. What would you challenge people to do? Like just anyone out there, what do you think is like a good challenge, a good exercise for anyone to do to grow, to grow or to level up? I think one is, to live by yourself in a city that you don't know people. Kind of like what you did moving here. Yep. Like, I months. mean, dude, I think, holy hell, yep. brother. Like, <laughs> it, uh, I'm sure you've grown a lot from that. Dude, and I'm still uncomfortable. Like, yeah. And, and uh, I think that's like, everyone says, Oh, be like uncomfortable. But a lot of people know how to be uncomfortable. They're like, Oh, do I just go to like a random bar? I've never been to or something like that. And there's small things. But if you're in a point in your life, I would say move to a city that you don't mm-hmm. know anyone. You know, and that makes you learn a lot about yourself. It does. You know, like very quickly, you know, you, you figure things out and you, it's exciting. I love traveling. I love moving to a space because it's a little different for me. But, you know, I think that was, that's a, and travel, I think traveling is a huge thing in life in general. It, it, it broadens your perspective. It, it humbles you. It restores humanity. It, I think traveling is one of the greatest things ever honestly my dad's a pilot so it's in my blood a little bit but you know just like experiencing life so i think you know traveling helps with that and traveling to places that might not be you know tourist destinations not traveling to the beach you know not the bullshit travel to you know destin florida where the fuck you want to go like you know it's like like you know not knowing exactly where you're going like booking a trip to a destination and then maybe traveling for a week somewhere in that area, you know, figuring out, getting a little uncomfortable, finding new spots, you know? Dude, I love that challenge. Like, and that's exactly why I left Salt Lake is because like this opportunity came up. So it was nice that I had this opportunity, Yeah, yeah. you know, but cause at the end of the day, I was like, I know what my life looks like. Yeah. And I don't know what it looks like if I move. Yeah. And for some reason I wasn't scared, but, <laughs> but yeah, dude, there's definitely been some growth, like, and I'm so happy. Like, I don't regret it at all. Like, I love it. And, but there's definitely been some moments like 
it's definitely not all like rainbows and yeah. Like there's been some moments that I've truly been like lonely. Yeah. And that's part of it. That yeah. makes you appreciate the other parts of life. Like mm-hmm. the rain makes you appreciate the sunshine, the sunshine a little bit more. You yeah. know, it's like you have to have both of them to appreciate, you know, each other. Um, but yeah, I think that's, the, that's part of it. You know, that's the road of entrepreneurship too. I was telling mm-hmm. people it's roller coasters of highs and lows, mm-hmm. but the lows make you appreciate the highs and vice versa. You know? Yeah. What's one misconception about entrepreneurship that, either you didn't expect when you started or do you think other people should know about like, cause it's such a, we all know it's a popular thing yeah. now. I used to think how easy it was. Mm. <laughs> Gary Vee might've said this. Someone said this uh-huh. and this really like hit home. And like I said, I, I wish I could give credit exactly on who it was, but it wasn't my thought, but it hit home when I heard this. It, I think it was Gary Vee, but they were saying that like, you know, people just starting entrepreneurship or starting a business, like thinking that they can just open a business and it's like there. He's like, that's like comparing me or whoever, just like trying out for the NBA and expecting to be on the NBA team, being like, yo, like, it was Gary. Yeah, 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 like, yo, homie, I, I'm uh-huh. going to uh, play for you know Atlanta Hawks like this this weekend. Like, I'm trying out. <laughs> You'd be like, fuck out of here. And then like hit home is like, yeah, like no one like like if one of my homies is like, yo, I'm trying out for the NFL like next week, I'm like. Oh, fucking good one. But if he was like, <laughs> yo, I'm starting my own business, you know, it's, but it's the same level of like people expect to start their own business. Like they expect to just uh, try out for the NFL and make it and yeah. start, you know? So that, I think that was like a weird thing that like when he said that it hit home, I was like, damn, that is true. But like when I first started, I was younger and I expected things to be faster and a lot easier, mm-hmm. but that was a misconception at first. Is, I think that's again, just patience and yeah. the process. Like it's practice, like give yeah. it time was the first entrepreneurial thing you you did the app um, that you built or developed? Yeah, uh, yeah. actually, uh, kind of. So I, I was a matchmaker for a little bit. So that oh was, yeah, you told me that. Okay, <laughs> why didn't we should have started with dude? Yeah. You have to talk about this. This is so funny. You were hitch. Yeah, in that yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. So that was like right when I was graduating college. Um, I got, I guess, invited. I met some people. And it was kind of weird at first, but then it was like, oh, we're a matchmaking company. And they would send me on like blind dates. They would send me to like speed dating things. And I would like be kind of just like reading people and getting mm-hmm. like contacts and leads and stuff. And I only did it for a couple months, honestly. Um, but it, I didn't know, like I was like making the girls want me versus like trying to find, <laughs> it was weird. I wasn't like purposely doing that, but That's like funny. it was like, that was like my personality. So uh. it was I wasn't good at like getting them with someone. I didn't hook up with anyone. You weren't a good wingman. I, I can be, um, but that yeah, that you're was too a, charming and yeah. good looking. <laughs> that was that was one of the yeah. the interesting things. Yeah. So I because that was kind of like my own business in essence. I was like figuring it out that way. Um, but then um, I'm trying to think. There was was there anything else that I was like more entrepreneurial? It was the gym and the app kind of at the same time. Um, but the app was definitely like my first like it was like success failure all into one learning yeah, a lot of shit mm-hmm. at the same time of doing the gym shit it was like when i was hardcore in the gym i was like splitting my time kind of with that and that was one reason i think it failed but there was a, yeah, a ton of other reasons and, I, and like i said it was a making money but it, we ended up making money but it was also like it wasn't successful like we thought it was you know mm-hmm. um so that was that was a uh i guess the truest like hardcore lesson in entrepreneurship i would say like my first like eat it in the face it's not always going to be like sunshine and like roses and it was a new success wasn't an event but it made it feel like you can just have an idea and that idea will just take off like mm. it will just like it'll blow up you know without like oh there was actually like three years of planning and working hard then it blew up you know mm-hmm. i was like yo this idea is dope we put a little structure in place it's gonna blow up that was more of the i think one of the hardest lessons or the first true lesson was like that's not that's not how it does. That's yeah. cool, dude. It also reminds me of, have you seen like a graph of like the most famous composers and how many pieces of like their compositions that they've done? Uh-uh, I haven't seen that. So no. it's really cool. It's like a, just a, can't even think of. Like a line graph or a line Yeah, I was trying to think of all these graphs. <laughs> take One of those fucking graphs. Yeah. <laughs> Pie chart, but I don't know. Just yeah. damn dots. Yeah. Um, and essentially what it means, like the more um, compositions that they did, the more successful they were. Yeah. Not all the case. I think Wagner, that's right. I just, Wagner. Um, I think he was like the exception. He didn't have as many, but like Bo- like Beethoven and Mozart, they had like the most. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, it's like, but you really only know about 
like five or something Maybe, of their yeah. hundreds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Like that's yeah. the thing is like, think about like businesses like that. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna have that many bad or failed ideas. Yep, that is so true. Because but you start off every single one thinking, "Damn, this is good. This is the one. This yeah. is it. It's gonna blow up." And then yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And and there's I think there's points too to to know to persevere through some things to be like, okay, mm-hmm. this is just a dip in this business, or oh, this was a learning failure and I need to do something else too, you know? And that's, that's a fine line to, to, to find between the two. That's dope, dude. Okay. So I have a segment in the show as we wind down, it's called scroll my soul. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like Just it. find my soul in here. <laughs> so what that means is I keep a running list of all ideas, inspirations from conversations, podcasts, books, whatever inspires me. I keep a running list in my phone. Okay. And then I randomly scroll through. So, I was scrolling through yeah, and I just stop and I pick something and then I read it and I want you to reflect on it. Does something come to mind? What are your thoughts on it? Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. So the thought for you is we kind of already talked about it, but the process and destination are actually the same. So the process and destination are actually the same thing. Yeah. And I think that goes to back what we're saying is that, there is no final destination where you're like, where you reach that and you're like, I am the most successful. I'm done, you know, nah. cause it's always like a little bit more. So like every, there's always like little milestones of like, okay, so that's, it's like little small destinations within your life of like, I don't think there's a point in your life where it's, I'm done with life. And nope. I mean, that's it. I'm not living anymore. I guess that you can do that if you suicide, but like, you know, yeah. <laughs> but like in, in the success elements is it's you know it's always okay i want to progress myself more so it's like okay i did reach this now let me push myself more because i i have such a big goal now or i i accomplished that goal what other big goal can i do so i think now let's start on that progress of it or let's start the process over or let's you know build upon it's just like the the evolution of yourself you know Mm -hmm. it's just figuring out more aspects of your life in that so i think that's like you know the process is always is always intertwined with you, you know, it's always going to yeah. same thing so. with money. It's like billionaires are still trying to make more money. Exactly. You know, it's like, and that, there's no money figure that I'm like, Oh, when I hit this figure, I'm done, you know, mm. cause who knows if that's going to be it or not. Or it, it, like I told you, it's more of, I want to be free to do experience life and not necessarily just when I hit a number in the bank account, that's mm-hmm. when I'm done. You know? So, cause that number mm. would, I always said you can be a millionaire and then buy a pack of gum and then not a millionaire anymore. Like, you know, like I used <laughs> to tell that funny. when I was like a little kid, I was like, well, if you have $1 million and then you go buy some gum, you are no longer a millionaire, you know? So it's like, what the fuck? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're, you know, so it, you know, that's kind of constant, you know, thinking of that. Hmm. Well, dude, this has been awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I um, love uh, spreading some, some of my inner thoughts and <laughs> ideas of what's going on right now. So it's cool to have different conversations than just strictly uh, business too, because that happens a lot. Yeah. And for real, man, thanks for being open and vulnerable and just being a genuine dude. And I know you have great things. So thanks for being so cool, man. For real, thank you for doing this. Uh, thanks for having me, man. I hope you got some, uh, some knowledge <laughs> or something. Maybe oh, some we laughs. did. We got it all. Okay, adios. See you, buddy. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed that combo. Corey, we're going to do a challenge inspired by him, inspired by his brand, his gym, Core 24 Because like you heard in the interview, in the conversation, he wants to be more than fitness. He wants to do something bigger in the world, more than just, hey, look good, you know? Um, he wants to create a culture. And so this week's challenge is inspired by him and Core24. So we're going to do physical, mental, and emotional fitness, which means a walking meditation. Because of course, walking is physical, but you're thinking, which is mental and emotional. So we challenge you to take a walk every day, in the morning, in the evening, with your dog, with somebody. You could do it alone too. I challenge you to do it a few times this week. So take a walking meditation and record your thoughts. Be silent or listen to music. There's no rules. Do what you want. What ideas do you have? What feelings are coming up? Are your fears manifesting themselves? So take a walking meditation and just record your thoughts. I'm probably going to do it silent, silently and just walk 
with no no thought of where I'm gonna go and just think and record my thoughts and that's it so this is physical mental and emotional fitness and there are a few ways you can report back once you complete the challenge you can post on Facebook or Instagram using hashtag Golink challenge tag us in your stories or use the Golink hotline this hotline is designed for those who want to remain anonymous or don't have social media but still desire a form of accountability to use the hotline call 385 626-0525 and follow the instructions. I'd love to hear from you all. Please tag me. Please send me your messages. Use the hotline. This is what life's about. I love seeing your messages. It means the world to me. Thank you so much for those who are doing the challenges. Whether you're sending it to me or not, you're the bomb. It means the world and it's making a difference. So follow us at Golink Group. Follow the content. My name is Ben. I love you all. And this is The Golink Show.